Off the ball. It's not like Maradona or Messi, where the ball is tied to the left foot. I always see the ball as something which is bouncing, like an obedient, happy puppy. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We are switching our attention to the NFL. I'm delighted to say Mike Carlson is with us. Mike, good morning to you. How are you? Oh, good morning, Jer. I'm okay. Did you say Wayne Rooney's going to become the coach of Washington? Yeah, is he not already? <laughs> oh, uh, the Anders, Anders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's in, he's in town. He's available. You know why not? <laughs> I think he might at least know what the um, playoff ramifications are if they get beaten at the weekend. You know. Uh, they're already they're already gone, which is more than Ron Rivera appeared to know. Although I think he might have been trying to be ironically um, smart with the reporter. Who knows? Yeah, it's hard to tell. Um, obviously, the the big story in the NFL at the moment is uh, the health of Demar Hamlin. Uh, there hasn't been that much of an update really in the last twenty four hours. Um, they've confirmed that there's been a cardiac arrest, that his condition is uh, critical but stable, but there's been no update. No, um, one of his relatives came out and, and basically said, you know, that it was. I think the only question now um, is whether or not there was brain damage um, in the time that his heart had stopped had stopped uh, pumping. I think I think don't think his life is in danger um, at this stage. Uh, but the the question will be how much oxygen uh, the brain lost over that over that time. And um, obviously, that's that's a that's a critical one. But I think they'll probably just leave him until they know that his vitals are so secure. There's no danger in in um, waking him up. What what have you made of the, the coverage is a spat between ESPN and the NFL about whether or not the NFL were going to ask the players to go back out. Um, that seems like a little bit of a sideshow to me. It's almost like the mass industrial complex of reporters on the NFL need to talk about something and a row between well, the broadcaster and the organisation. Or is it? does it speak to something more more important? I, I think that there's a little there's a little bit of importance because it, it was Troy Van, Vincent, who's an executive vice president of the NFL and used, used to be a player, you know, who who came out and, and said we never considered um, re- restarting the game. Um, and obviously, up until the point they made the decision to um, for, you know, first postpone and then cancel. Uh, cancel the game. They were considering it, <laughs> you know, by definition. Until you make a decision not to, you're considering it. And the ESPN people have a ex NFL referee in the in their um, studio, and he was in contact with the lead. And I'm sure somebody somewhere along the line, uh, somebody in on site thought that once the field was clear, as usually happens with with injuries, even serious ones, that the game would restart and and someone told the teams to do that. The Troy Vincent was blaming. He said, well, you know, it might have been the players or the coaches. They don't do that on their own. And and it, you're right in the sense that it's not really an issue. You know, just say, yeah, well, it became obvious to us that, you know, that this this situation was having such an effect on both teams, players and coaches that we couldn't continue it. And so we dropped the dropped the plans then. And nobody, you know, nobody would say, oh, that was the wrong thing to do or you should have done it five minutes earlier or 10 minutes earlier or whatever. But but the NFL is so defensive in these situations um, that, that that they want to you know try to head off head off any criticism, and I think that's that's pretty much what what the problem is. Um, yeah, and, and frankly, there hasn't been a you know, they haven't had any experience with this. The la- the only player who's ever died on a field 
was 1971. It was Chuck Hughes. I remember this. And, you know, he just collapsed on the field. No hit, nothing like that. He, it turned out that he had um, arteriosclerosis. You know, his his um, his uh, arteries were blocked and he'd been complaining about this and gone to the hospital the week before. And they said, there's nothing wrong with you. And he simply, you know, he simply wasn't getting any wasn't getting any blood. So, um, you know, I, I don't think there's a playbook here, but but certainly certainly with the players behaving the way they were that you know stopping the game was the right decision and it puts them in a bit of a bind now as to as to what happens with the last week of the season what are the potential outcomes is there do they just declare the game a tie and move on is that possible Prob- something like that yeah or just a no a non-game you know no 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 result um i can't see them adding another week to this you know just to play this one game uh, because that would kind of throw everything else into um, into chaos in terms of their playoff schedules and indeed the Super Bowl schedule. But the effect it has um, now is that if 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 um, if Buffalo win um, this week playing the Patriots, assuming you know, and assuming that the their players are. are playing really well at that point. But if Kansas City win, Kansas City would then become the top seed by basically half a game um, in what they say in baseball terms, a better winning percentage. Um, the Bengals appear to be locked into the third seed as a result of, of not playing. The Patriots might have been thinking that uh, Buffalo would have the first seed sewn up with a win over Cincinnati and uh, therefore Buffalo wouldn't play them very hard because they're the right now the only win and in team for the single the single playoff place that remains in the AFC um and it's interesting because usually the NFL tries to avoid letting teams find out what they need to do on the last week of the season uh, if they can but the way they set it up this year with kansas city playing on saturday that would mean that buffalo would know whether or not they needed to win to keep the top seed um on sunday and uh, ten- tennessee and jacksonville obviously played on saturday and that play on saturday and that's a win and in for one- for either team um and it- it's a bit you know las vegas um not las vegas but um seattle will if they win that will take detroit out of playoff contention in the last game of the weekend against green bay um if seattle lose then the winner of that game would go in but yeah i'm not i'm not sure exactly how they they would remedy this in 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 any way and um you know it's it's such a a, a freak such a freak occurrence in in this kind of a game and yeah i, I remember as well in 98, the Chris Pronger of um, the Chicago Blackhawks NHL team, this is 25 years ago now, um, playoff game against Detroit. And Dmitry Mironov, you know, as hockey players do, he left the guy that he was uh, holding and, and pun, you know, punching on and stuff and sort of slid out toward Dmitry Mironov, who was coming in to take a shot. And Mironov took a hard slap shot. And Pronger, being a hockey player, not a football player, soccer player, stood in front of the shot and let it hit him in the chest and it hit him in the chest and exactly the same thing happened. He took about two strides and then collapsed. Um, and his heart had stopped beating. Um, they got, he was 
uh, out for about 20 seconds, they said, but he was fine. He, he actually played four days later. Um, but that's about the closest equivalent I can I can think to this situation. You know, and it's one of those kind of freak occurrences where you're hit. The hit is hard enough and in the right spot um, at just the time that your your heart your, your heart's pumping and stop pumping, um, and and it continues that. So, yeah, I don't think in bigger terms there's anything much the NFL can do in terms of like changing rules or trying to protect players from this it it really is just a, a freak occurrence and um you know when you watch the hit it's not a it's not a huge hit it's t higgins goes just hit you know puts his head down hits him with his shoulders in the chest but it's just too hard at the wrong time yeah um it's like obviously horrific for for the bills and, and for his family and for anybody who's ever met him and it's completely overshadowed what was bubbling to uh, a conclusion, which is all of the big guns that the NFL would want to be involved in the first weekend of the playoffs were going to be there. We had Tom Brady in. It looks like we have Aaron Rodgers in and his team are surging. Uh, Dallas has a good team. The Giants are back. The big markets are doing really well. The traditional storied franchise of the 49ers are on a roll with a, a superstar trade that they made in the middle of the season and Mr. Irrelevant. Like it, it looked like it was actually bubbling up to be the perfect NFL season. Yeah, um, and it's been such a strange season, and, you know. And there's there's such an awful lot of um, mediocrity in the league. You know, that we used to say the league wanted every team to finish eight and eight. Um, you know, and then they would have to go down to the twenty third tiebreaker to decide who gets into the playoffs. But because of the seventeen game season, now you get nine and eight. You have to be either not nine and eight or eight and nine at the end of, end of the year for those spots. But you know, the glamour players are all there. Um, in the this Buffalo Cincinnati game was a great one. It was going to be a great one uh, because you know the young quarterbacks who've now taken over from Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, uh, not, you know neither of whom has looked particularly effective uh, even during these these runs of success that they've had in the last few weeks. Um, you know, uh, and uh, Herbert in in Los the Los Angeles Chargers is there as well. So the playoffs were actually shaping up to be very, very interesting indeed. And the team that had been the best team in the league for most of the season, uh, Philadelphia, uh, Jalen Hurts has been out. They've lost the last two games. The fans booed them in the first quarter uh, with the team standing at 13 wins and two losses. And <laughs> that's that's why I love Philadelphia. Um, and really the only team kind of like in the do- in dive position right now is is Minnesota. Um, yeah, and maybe and maybe the Ravens. Uh, so yeah, I I agree. I think the the playoffs were shaping up very very nicely and and exactly as the NFL would have wanted uh, to see. And now uh, I don't know how much of a shadow this will will throw over the whole playoff scheme. You know, I kind of suspect it won't. Um, a week is a long time in in football, as uh, Harold Wilson said, I think, and. Um, I think I think that even the Bills will uh, and will probably be ready to play um, on sun on Sunday against the Patriots and and uh, to be honest, Patriots fans will probably be saying, "Oh, it's a bad break because they probably wouldn't have played our best team again, their best team against us." No, but they don't deserve to be in the playoffs anyway, so um, I don't think it matters one way or the other. This uh, this giant story, Mike, is is quite incredible. That win over the Colts, thrashing over the Colts the weekend was. Um uh, really, really impressive, especially when it's year one of a, of a new regime. You would have thought at the start of the year, if they make the playoffs, that's that's their 
target for the year achieved, but sounds like they, they want to go further. What can, what can this Giants team do? It, it's a really good question, and I, I was, you know, about three weeks into the season, I was declaring Brian Dable the coach of the year, and then other things happened, and people were behind Nick Seriani in, in Philadelphia, or, you know, maybe Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, you know, but um, I think he really is the coach of the year in the NFL. This was a team that not only was hor- horrible roster-wise in terms of strength, but also salary cap in salary cap hell they you know there was not much flexibility they could do with improve uh, to improve the team and he, he's done it by coaching you know that they, they have basically been a, the kind of team that hangs in games um makes it hard for you to win tries to simply work the clock control possession and keep themselves in a position to be in sort of a one score game toward the end of the year um they've been lucky that saquon barkley has been healthy for the virtually the whole year for the first time in about four seasons. And he's managed Daniel Jones just as he managed his offensive coordinator in Buffalo, Josh Allen. You know, Dayball basically kept Allen in an offense that would emphasize his strengths and minimize his weaknesses. People said you can't coach accuracy in a coach well, he, in a quarterback, but he appeared to do that perfectly. And it's kind of what he's done with Daniel Jones. They've avoided Daniel Jones's biggest single problem, you know, which is turnovers and, and standing in, in the pocket. We What we saw from Jones against Indianapolis, he ran for almost 100 yards. He looked a little bit like a minor league version of Josh Allen in those circumstances. And you know, I don't think he, he he's converted Daniel Jones into a star quarterback, but what he's done is is put Daniel Jones in a position where he's not going to lose lots of games for the, for the team. And he can actually win a couple. They've got a lot of confidence. They've got a strong, pretty strong defense. Um, one of the best underlooked players, I think in the league is Dexter Lawrence, their defensive tackle. And, um, I think they'll probably, it looks like, play Dallas in, in the first week. I think that'll be a very interesting game actually. Um, and, I think, as Jer said, it's, it's these are the glory days that people, fans over here especially, remember because you know the Giants, the Giants, Washington, Dallas, and even occasionally the Eagles when they when the um, NFC East was the beast of a division. You know that that was really good football and really good rivalries, and I'm really happy to see that back. Um, you know, Mike. One last thing: When do you expect the NFL to make an official announcement about what's going to happen with that game and how they're going to account for it in the standings? Well, they've said already, I mean, officially that, you know, the game, that game won't be played. Um, they haven't announced exactly how they'll account for it in the standings. I suspect that what's going to happen is they're going to see how the dust flies and, and, and where, where it lands. And then they'll, then they'll make a decision. Um, and, and maybe hope that the results will, will make that decision easy, uh, to do. It would be extremely tough on Buffalo to lose the top seed without losing a game that would have that would have cost them that um remember they beat kansas city earlier in the season in kansas city so they hold the tiebreaker over kansas city but uh, um if if they win out they become 13 and 4 and and if um kansas city win they become 14 and 3 so kansas city would become the top seed unless they they do something about it i i don't think something like playing on a short week would be fair to anybody 
including the team that then would have to play in the playoffs the next week, and they would have to start rejigging the playoff schedule. So I, I, I get the, I get the sense that the mo- you know, the easiest thing for them and the most practical would be to just play it as it lays and let it go. Um, and and you know, it, it's a tough break on, on Buffalo if that's the way the scenario uh, works out. So you give you give both teams a tie essentially. Yeah, yeah, okay. basically, yeah. And, and you know, and then that doesn't count really when they're figuring out percentage, winning percentage. All right, Mike, great stuff. Thanks a million for joining us this morning. Cheers. Oh, uh, thanks, Cheer. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.